it is good. Uh, just also a reminder, um, first Saturday of the month is usually men's breakfast. This first Saturday, it's a uh, holiday weekend, July 4th weekend. So we're going to move that men's breakfast back to the next Saturday, second Saturday this month. Only for this month, it's Steak and Shake, 8 o'clock. Make sure that you show up for that, and uh, we'd love to see you there. Uh, we're starting a series, you know, and we've been talking about, you know, what happens. Money just seems to burn holes in our pocket, or as soon as we get it, doesn't it seem like somebody wants it, or there's something that we need it for? And I, I want to talk about this, not, and I want to talk about it in a good way, in a, in a healthy way, so that you can have a great perspective on God's viewpoint on, on how we should handle money and how uh, we should not let money uh, run us. Does that make sense? So we're going we're gonna to talk about that, so I don't want you to feel manipulated or, or any way. If you're a guest here, don't you worry. Uh, you don't have to do anything. I'm not here to pick your pocket. We're here to, to show you what the kingdom says about money. Um, so for the next several weeks, we're going to talk about that, but in a way that I think is not, you're not used to being taught. Uh, I want to teach you uh, not just for, uh, in the ways it's always been taught as a motivation. And, and I understand that, but I want to show you perspective of God's view on money so that you feel confident and you, uh, you feel good about what God says. And I think that's important for you to have balance as a person and to go forward. And so we're going to talk about this morning is called the heart test. And uh, if you have your Bible, you can look at Luke. We're going to turn there, chapter 6, 37 and 38. We're going to go to Matthew first. Uh, chapter 7, 1 and 2. If your Bible is like any of the Bibles I have, you have this thing right here. Uh, that is a slingus dingus in the Greek, and so you hold that to wherever you need. Uh, you guys need to lighten up. Some of you are like, is that really right? Slingus dingus? I didn't know that. Hmm. I made that up, so no. Okay. Uh, so Matthew 7, 1 and 2 says this, do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Now, if I was to ask you what the main topic or subject of the scripture we just read and put it in one word, what would you say? Judge. It's about judging. Okay. So it, uh, it's not a trick question. Does it say anything about money? Doesn't say anything about money. Let me put it this way. Is the word money in verses one or two that we just read? No, it's not in there. So everybody agrees we're talking about judging. Yes, we're not talking about money in per se. We're talking about this. So in short-term memory, we're going to exercise that. <laughs> the first sentence in the last phrase, judge not, you'll not be judged. If you have a new King James, it's going to say that. And with the same measure you use, it'll be measured back to you or put back in your lap. Whatever you give is going to be brought back to you. So let's go to Luke 6, 37 and 38. <clears throat> Look how this one starts. This is interesting. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others. or will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaking together to make room for more. Running over, poured into your lap. The amount you will give will determine the amount you give back. Now, this is a parallel passage from Matthew. So Luke and Matthew... These are ones that are talking about the Sermon on the Mount. So if we look at the last phrase of what we just read in Luke, it says the amount you give will determine the amount you give back. It is the same thing that is saying in Matthew. The same two phrases in Matthew are in Luke, and they're meaning the same thing. Theologians say these are just these guys, they're talking about the Sermon on the Mount. So you have a tax collector and a doctor giving you what Jesus said on the Sermon of the Mount. And so 
Uh, one is more detailed because we have something in Luke we didn't have in Matthew. Luke says, given you will receive, your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give, determine the amount you get back. So let's, let's talk about Matthew again. What was the topic of Matthew 7? Judging. What's the topic of Luke? It's the same. It's judging. It started out, remember? So what I'm saying is, most of the time when Luke is being preached, it's being preached with money or dealing with money. And it is... It takes us to our wallets every time we... That's the scripture everybody goes to. Given, it'll be given to you. Pressed down, good measure, shaking together, running over. Men will give into your bosom the same measure you give. You know, we, that's always preached that way. Understand, I get it. Uh, I'm probably, guys, these batteries are wearing out even though they're brand new. Maybe it's me. Okay, I don't know. All right, so if we study the sentence for a second... It says this, uh, give is the verb, that's the action, you is implied, it is the subject, Jesus is saying you give, it's the objective pronoun, that's it, it is the objective pronoun, there's no such thing as it, so it's replaced with something. So what he's saying is, you give, and whatever you give, you're going to get more back. If you judge, you're going to get judgment back. If you condemn, you're going to get condemnation back. You're going to get all of these things, so it's not just talking about money. So if you're saying, Brett... Could it be talking about money? Yes, it could. Absolutely could. But it's not just dealing with money. It's dealing with whatever you're giving is going to come back to you. So that's a good thing, but it could, be, it could work against you as well. If you're a snotball, any snotballs in the building, don't raise your hand. <laughs> Wives, don't do this to your husband. He's talking to you. Okay. It can apply to money, but it's talking about everything in God's economy. What, when you give, you get more in return. So it's, it can work great for you. It can also work against you. So Luke 6.38 can refer to money, yes. But then again, it's talking about whatever you're giving. The problem that I have, if we primarily just preach with it about money and never show what it, it could mean other things, then we get in our mind the wrong idea. Because we'll, we'll look at Luke as the motive for giving instead of the reward. And what we have is we have a world driven with wrong motives. We got a world driven with, you know, just the wrong, this is, this is the only, do you want a friend that only wants to be your friend because you have something that they want and as soon as you give them what they want, they're your friend no more. You know what I'm talking about. I, I worked in a place one time and I had a boss that was great to me because he wanted my motorcycle. As soon as he bought my motorcycle, as soon as I sold him, the, I mean, for a long time, I'm like, I don't know if I want to sell it. Please sell me your bike. Love your bike. Hey, man, what do you want? Hey, yeah, oh, yeah, you can go over here. You can work over here. You can do this. As soon as I sold him my bike, he was back to, you know, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. He was all like that before until he saw my bike. Then he was real nice. And then his heart transformed back to Ebenezer Scrooge as soon as he got my bike. He wasn't my friend anymore. So if we go even back in, in verse 30... Jesus is talking about to give to everyone that asks you. And he says in verse 36, if you loan, don't expect it back. I mean, if God wants you to give something, you're not looking for something in return. You're just giving it because he said, give it. We give to give. We don't give to get. So um, it's been preached, you know, and this is what's really hard, but I want you to hear my heart. It's been preached so that we're going to give and we're going to get because we gave. And that's good and that's true. But if our whole motive is I'm only giving just to get, 
then we're out of balance. We need to understand that the motive is, I want to be obedient because God says that, and I know he rewards me because he loves me. You know, if my kid was in danger, and do, I mean, I'm not going to go check the list. Dad, help me, I'm falling, I can't hang on. Did you clean your room today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you do all your homework? Yeah, Dad. I'm not running through a checklist. My heart is, I, I love you, sure I'm going to help you. But if our motive is just, I'm only doing this because I'm in it for me, we've got some issues. You ever wonder if God says to himself, it's so wonderful, my children are getting the, they're catching the revelation of getting. It's okay to get, there's always sowing and reaping, there's always seed time and harvest. God wants that, but he wants your heart to be right with it. That your whole motivation isn't just what's in it for me. Does that make sense to you? It's been preached so way out of balance. So it's just, I don't, you know, I really don't care. There's people that I know, and you probably know them too. They don't give a hoot about the kingdom of God. They just want to say, can I use this to better myself? It's time we started saying, God, I want to do this for the right reasons. God is the one who started giving first. He doesn't need anything. What are you going to give God? You know, I mean, I've grown up. I've got four wonderful children. Father's Day, birthdays come around. Sometimes I get some unique gifts. I gave unique gifts as a son to my mother or father on Father's and Mother's Days. Some of them are like, they were just gracious. I gave my mom stupid-looking pottery that you could probably not even tell what it was. I made an art class, and she would display it proudly and use it as a toothbrush holder or whatever. You know, I mean, what are you going to give God? God got you this back scratcher. He's got everything. He's perfect. There's nothing else he needs. So you know what that tells me? He didn't create this principle for him. He created it for us. Because there's something in your heart that he wants to make complete. We need to get in a place in the body of Christ where we don't just check, hey, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? God blesses giving, yes, but I think he blesses giving in abundance with a right heart. <clears throat> Let me ask you. There's people that, that will give to the church only because they can write it off on their taxes. What if that changes ever someday? Would you still give? I mean, is it, is it going to change in the Bible? I'm sorry. It's not, we don't have to do that now. Section 4, Article 3, Paragraph 7 states clearly that once the law changes doesn't say that the bible says pretty specific he doesn't change so what's our heart say i believe god looks at your heart the bible even says that man judges on the outward god looks at your heart so you see this isn't a heart issue i'm going to give you several scriptures more than i normally give you on a sunday we'll go through them quickly you it won't be long uh, but i need to lay some foundation deuteronomy 15 7 and 8 says but if there are any poor Israelites in your towns when you arrive in the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or, or tight-fisted toward them. Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. So four things I want to give us this morning to check our hearts. Here's our first thought. Don't be stingy. Don't be stingy. Now, we just read 15, 7, and 8. Let's look at 9 real quick. Don't be mean-spirited and refuse someone... To, 
alone because the year for canceling debt is close at hand. If you refuse to make the loan, the needy person cries out to the Lord, you will be considered guilty of sin. In the Israeli economy back then, they had every seven years, they would cancel all the debts. They called it the year of Jubilee. That would be great if that was still involved right now. You had a 30-year mortgage seven years ago, you don't owe anything. I would like that. That would be great. You know, but what they're saying is if someone came on the sixth year, let's say the sixth year, 10th month, and said, you know what, we really, we are about to lose our house. I need, I need some money to pay the mortgage. This is what this is saying. If God is saying you need to help them, you could be saying to yourself, I'm not helping you because I know in two months you don't have to pay me back. So I'm not going to get anything back. God's saying that's a wrong heart. He calls selfishness wickedness. We're all born selfish, though, isn't that true? When we were kids, we, you know, we had to be taught to share. You share your toys. You know, we've seen things. We, Maddie, she'd like to play with a toy, and somebody else was playing with she didn't like that. But the teacher, you've got to share. I had to teach all our kids how to share. And that's one of the first words you learned as a baby, mine. That's mine. Mine. You want that? That's mine. Mine. Maddie and I went and saw a movie called Boss Baby. I don't know if you saw it. It's a cartoon. You even tried to touch that baby's bottle. He'd just slap your hand. Mine. We get older, hopefully we outgrow that. But here's some things that, that happens with sharing. Ladies, you can understand this. Guys, you'll appreciate this. You go through a drive-thru, you ask your wife, do you want anything? She'll say, I don't want anything. No, I'm good. I'll just eat some of yours. No, you will not. As guys, we do not like to share food. I ask you if you wanted something. If you want something, I'll buy it for you. I'll buy you two of them, but you can't have my french fries. And the ones that are in the bag, those are mine too. <laughs> we need to understand that we're, we have to break some of that selfishness in us. We have to say, God, and I'm telling you, sometimes it's harder than other times. Sometimes you're in a generous mood. Other times you're just more self-centered. Asking God, Lord, how do I do that? Our second thought this morning is don't be sad. Deuteronomy 15.10, just going on in Deuteronomy, give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. Selfishness attacks us before we give, and then grief attacks us after we give. Being sad. There's times before the Lord has spoke to Kim and I and said, I want you to give this a large amount. I want you to give this. And I would rebuke it. I don't want to give that. That can't be God. We're finally just getting ahead. God, I can't do that. But he's still saying that. So my selfishness wants to go, mine. And then once you finally go, okay, okay, I'll give it. And you give it, then grief comes. Sadness comes like, oh, great. Now I'm broke. I don't have anything else. Has that ever happened to anybody besides just me? Does the enemy just work on you? You feel like I'm supposed to help this person or I'm supposed to give this amount. And then the enemy works on you. The reason the enemy doesn't want you to give it because it furthers the kingdom. People get saved. People get set free. Things begin to happen. Light bulbs come on and they start getting the revelation of, man, God, you supply all of my needs. It's true. Because God is an amazing God. Now, before we go any further, I know it's getting close to lunchtime. I need some lunch money. And I'm thinking about $40 is going to cover what I need. So I need 40 bucks. I need $40. 40 Anybody? Scott, 
look. Yeah, I'm, it's good our head usher's finally going to cough up some money. Well, I'm hungry. Watch that. I heard that 38. Yeah. Yeah, these are good. Okay, Scott. Yeah, these are good. All right. Now we can, we can go on with this. This is, this is awesome. I don't, oh, I do have a pocket. Okay, so I want to talk about this for a minute so I don't freak any of you out. That's actually part of the message. So I want you, before you're like, I can't believe you just asked for 40 bucks. I know, I should have said 60 or 80, right? Right. I asked for 40. Now listen to me. I asked for 40 because before service started, I gave Scott $40. I gave him this money. This was my money that I gave him before service started. So I told him, in the service, I'm going to say I need lunch money. And I need $40. And he took his sweet old time raising his hand, by the way. I think he was debating what I'm talking about. I don't know. It's mine. Mine. So I said, so when I ask for it back, I need you to come forward and and give it to me. So I want to ask this. uh, So I want to talk about why would he come up and give me the money? Because it was already mine. Okay. It was already mine. So and he was just holding it for a while. Correct. I gave it to him and said, listen, I want you to handle this. I want you to take care of this. I'm going to ask for it in the service. You come up and give it to me. So he was just being steward over what I gave him. You following me? Let me ask this. Is he grieving because he came up? Is he sad because he gave me the $40? Now, Scott, I hope he's not. But he might be back there crying. I don't know. But would he be sad? Why? Oh, my. Because it wasn't his. And see, the reason that we have trouble when we're giving something and God tells us is because we slap our own ownership on it. We grab it as ourselves and so then we get sad when we give it up because we think it's ours. And it's not. It's always God's. You see, he's looking for your heart. Here's our third thought for this morning. Be a giver. Deuteronomy fifteen fourteen. Give him a generous farewell gift from your flock, your threshing floor, your wine press. Share with him some of the bounty with which the Lord your God has blessed you. We need to give generously. We need to be generous. Kim and I are always trying to, like, you know, if we get served well at a restaurant, we, we try to really bless the waiter or waitress. You know, you don't like to go to a restaurant and, and you have, or I know right now, you can go see the movie Wonder Woman. Nobody wants Wonder Woman for a, a waitress. Because Wonder Woman's like, wonder where she went, wonder when she's coming back. Wonder when I can get some more coffee. Wonder, wonder. But we like to bless, and so we want to do, we want to be generous. We want to be a giver. It excites us to give, but it goes back to the heart. Matthew 16, 21 says, Where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And that gets misquoted a lot. It'll get, get turned around where your heart lies, that's where your treasure is. Your treasure always, your heart always follows your treasure. It's where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. It gets t- twisted and turned around. And so we have to understand this principle. Your heart follows your treasure and not your treasure follows your heart. So if you want to have greater treasure, where's your treasure? If you want to invest in the stock market, you'll watch that stock because your heart will be in that because you want it to do well. If you buy yourself a yacht or a a big uh, vehicle or whatever, nothing wrong with having nice things. Just don't let nice things have you. Your heart will, part of that will be there because you'll be out polishing it on Saturdays. Look at that. I got this. Because you want to take care of it. Because that's part of your treasure. 
So here's the tip. If you want your heart to be in the kingdom, you got to put your treasure there. If you want your heart, you're like, I, I, need, I need my family strong. You got to put your heart there because your heart's going to follow your treasure. So what are you doing to build your family strong? You're going to have to put your investment in that. Are you with me tonight? Well, today and tonight. This, hopefully this will stick with you, but stay with me so you hear what I'm trying to tell you. We, we got to go after the kingdom, the things that are important. If we put our investment in that, then that our heart will follow our treasure. I'm telling you, am I speaking truth to you? Now listen to me. This lady on the front row here is more important to me than life itself. Outside of God, I would gladly for my, life, for my wife or my children... Her being first would give my life for any of them. In the, in the years, you know, I would even preach wherever we went, wherever our bed was placed, I would sleep closest to the door. So if anybody, heaven forbid, would ever break in, they would have to come through me before they could ever get to her. That's, that's a true story. Because why? Because I had treasure. My heart was invested in her and my children. So you've you got to understand, this is, I've, I've taught this principle to you before, and if you're new, then hopefully you're grabbing a hold of this. What you feed grows, what you starve dies. If you want more of the kingdom of God, you want to see more things happen in your life, then you need to get into your word. You need to get into the Bible. Hang around people that are going to stretch you and pull those godly things out of you. Start doing what God is asking you to do and watch what happens. Because that investment will really take its great you know, reward on that. And you'll start going, okay, I'm getting it. It'll knock scales from your eyes. You'll see things that you've never seen before. You'll see them in an angle or a way that you're like, God, I've never seen that that way. It's because now your treasure is in the kingdom, so your heart follows that. Now it becomes important. What's important to God is important to you. People say, I want to be sold out for the kingdom. I want to do more things for God than ever. I mean, and it can be, and it stops a lot of times right at money. Okay, instead of 10, give 20. I don't want to be that sold out. But they got to remember that little lesson we just talked. I'm not telling you to give 20%, unless God's telling you that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, it's not your money. So I just, God, help me with that. I want to change my heart. Whatever he wants me to give, I gladly give because I'm just a steward over that. I don't have to grieve it. It's not mine to grieve. The same God that asked me to give it can supply it back to me. It goes back to what we've said. You know, Jesus is saying this in the first two scriptures. What you give, it's going to come back to you. Some of you just need, you know, you're just like, I need a friend. Then be friendly. What, what happens to us is we live in a society that we just want to go, I just want to be a hobbit and stay over here and I want God to send all the friends to me. <laughs> That's not sowing and reaping. That's not how the kingdom works. Now, he can help you if you need some help to get over there, but sooner or later, you have to put your hand to something. Here's our fourth thought. Be thankful. <clears throat> People many times have asked, you know, how did you do that? Or how, how does it feel to do that? Or those questions. And I'm not trying to say, look at us. Because I, you know, I got faults like anybody. 
and, and I need stretched like anybody. I need to, to do better like anybody. But I was guilty of this, and I want you to hear what I'm saying, so I'm, I'm being a glass house for you right now. You know, as a pastor, sometimes we look at other places. We look at people that have bigger churches, and, you know, so um, my uh, world of influence or, or, or the people that I associate with sometimes are, you know, in that business realm, or, and people are like, oh, church isn't a business. Part of church is a business. And there's ministry involved in that, yes, and it's people, but you, you have to understand how to steward God's money correctly. And, you know, you'd see that and you'd be, ah. Oh. And sometimes I would say this, and I had to repent of it. I would say, you know, churches that are maybe a mega church, 5,000 people, or even 1,000, 1,500, 2,000, 2,500. Well, they can, they have a lot, so that's why they give a lot. And that would be what I would say. Well, of course they can do that. Look how many people they have. Look how much money they have. Sure, they can do that. And God corrected me, that's a wrong mindset. So I would say, of course, they have a lot, so that's why they give a lot. Listen to me. Let's switch it. They give a lot. That's why they have a lot. And I had to be like, oh. Because, you see, God's looking for people that'll just understand, I just want to be a good steward with this. Lord, just show me what you want me to do. Sometimes I've had plans for money. Have you ever had plans for money? You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this. I'm going to do this. And God goes, you know what, Brad? I need you to take that, and I need you to give all that over here. God, I don't want to take that and give all that over here. God, please don't make me take that and give that all over. So then starts the mine, mine. And then finally, when you listen, then it's like, oh. when you finally get released of that, it'll change your life. I, I shared this in the service before, and I'm going to share it um, again. Say this with me real quick. Gratitude is what produces Generosity. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to share some scripture, and we'll close this whole thing out. We, this is when we were pastoring up north. This has been years ago, maybe 20. I don't know, 20 years ago. I don't know. And a waitress came, and you know, it was around Christmas time. We were in a pizza joint, and um, she was just, you know, we were striking up conversation. You know how you, you're always wanting to witness to people, and we're kind of doing the church thing. You know, part of that is not because we were trying to be religious that's really was our heart but yet still it just seems natural if you know what i'm talking about so we we're just kind of striking up conversation and you know inviting her to church and all that and she was going on to tell us what was going on in her life and how desperate she was and children and she was working all the hours she could just to provide christmas and and uh, you know and the story as it goes and she goes back to get you know some of the food for us or whatever and kim leans over to me and we had just saved money just to get there i mean you know, we're not telling everybody, but you ever ate out and you know it took you a while to get the money just to go there and you're like, yeah. And you don't want to tell everybody, drink water. <laughs> Although now we drink water because that's usually almost our beverage of choice. But there was a time it was like, you know, we don't want to get popped because we need to spend the money on the food, not the drink. So drink water. You know, hillbilly lemonade, squeeze the lemon, put some Splend in there. Woohoo, you got it. <laughs> Whatever. And she leans over to me and she says, let's give her a big tip. I mean, I, I wanted to do if you, you know, like different strokes when we were growing up. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> or, or say, what? I'm like, baby, we, we're, you know, we're, if she's getting a tip, she's, it's, oh, happy days are here again. I mean, we, you know, come on. Because inside there's that battle. Mine. 
And this is what she said. She looked at me with those pretty eyes and she said to this, and I will remember it for eternity. Honey, if we can't give when we don't have anything, we won't give when we do. I just want that to settle in because this is kind of like what I said. They have a lot because they give a lot. It's easy almost to give when you feel like, hey, I've got it, sure. But how about when God prompts you and you know you don't have much? And somebody beside you doesn't have a sandwich and you got one and you're hungry, but you're going to give them half of your sandwich. Come on. God's talking to us. And so we gave her a big tip and she she was crying and, 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 you know, and I don't know how much it changed her life, but we wanted her to know that God loved her. And God was teaching me something in the same thing. Deuteronomy 15, 15 says, remember that you were once slaves in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. That's why I'm giving you this command. See, God wants you to be generous. I grew up in a household that my mom and dad weren't always saved. And so it was different. And then when my mom and dad got saved, it changed everything in our household. And I remember going into my dad's room and I'll just shorten the story a little bit. I, go, I went in and I would see his check on the dresser. And I still remember this like $183. And, and you know, I'm like, wow, wow, what's he giving the church 183 bucks for? And then, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just being honest. And I'd see, I remember 125, 139, 240, you know, and 83 and 96 and whatever. I would see week after week, I'd see these checks. And I remember saying to him, I said, dad, you give a lot of money to the church. And he said, it's a privilege. And I kind of didn't understand that until I, I understood this principle and I started children of our own. And, and then I would put our tithing checks, I would put them, you know, where the kids could see them. And every one of them at one time or another said, Dad, you know what? You give a lot to the church. You and mom give a lot to the church. And here's the thing, because what I just read to you, we were once slaves. And what Jesus did for us, he set us free. I gladly give to serve because the money is not mine. And it furthers the kingdom of God. I could never repay what Christ did for me on Calvary. And if he wants me to help the kingdom go forward so other people don't have to go to hell, it's well worth that. You see, he chose me before I ever knew him. He loved me in spite of all my screw-ups. Maybe even if you're screwing up today, he still loves you. That's my motivation for giving. Not just to get or not to get. My whole motivation is, God, it's just, it's yours. What do you want me to do with it? I could never pay him back for what he's done for me. Folks, God's the one that started this whole thing. You, you look at a national football game or baseball game, there's somebody in there, John 3.16. You'll see it. John 3.16. You know, and people that don't even go to church will probably know what John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He instituted giving when he's perfect and doesn't need anything. As we go on this journey together, I'm going to hopefully get your heart to a place where you're just like, this is okay, God, this is cool. Because if you love money more than you love God, we want to change that because that's not, that's not, a, good, that's not a good thing. But if we understand, God, I love you most, and money's just a tool, then you know what? When you can be a good steward of that, he's going to start going, I'm going to bless you because I trust you to filter that. 
and my heart is saying, Lord, I just want to do what you want. So I'm asking you, take this journey with me. Let's do this together. Let's find out what God really says so that we are, we're comfortable. Lord, show me. Watch your family get blessed. Watch your finances turn around. Watch things happen. I'm speaking true to you. I'm, I'm looking, Ted, where are you, you in here? Wait, wave at me, Ted. Okay, Tad's back here. Now listen to me. Well, probably, I, I didn't feel this till right now, but these principles he's heard before, and he talked to me last week, and he said, you know, Pastor, he said, we started doing these things that you've been teaching. Now, actually, just, I, I don't even know, I've never seen a, a nastier deer wreck than what I just saw. She showed me pictures. I don't know if you've seen any of that. It was nasty, but it totaled their car. Tad came up to me last week. He said, I don't even know what to say because God used somebody else to say, I'm supposed to give you a car. Now, let me just tell you this. Those don't just happen. That's just not the car ferry that comes down and goes, what kind of car do you want? <laughs> this is just one of these, these God things that is just like these principles work because when it comes to money, it doesn't matter what stuff or money, it really falls in that same category. God, I'm just a steward over it. That's what we're talking about. When we live the way God wants us to live, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the person that followed God and did that, God's going to bless them. Now, I didn't, I'm not recognizing that person because that's not why they did it. But I'm telling you, I know the Lord sees all that. And the person that received that, God just blessed them and will continue to do that as they follow his commands. How many understand that? But this isn't about the heart. Tad never came up and said, you know what? I'm believing right now. I just think I'm going to have 17 cars because people, he didn't, it was just one of those things that happened. And because he began to institute God's principles, God spoke to somebody else and said, you're going to need a car. That's why actually, you know, when we talk about God of provision, it says that he sees our need before you, before you even say anything but he he provides for that it's already done in jesus name are you with me let's take the journey together let's come every week let's bring some friends let's teach them about the kingdom so that they leave this place and go that's amazing because i'll do my best to give it to you the easiest way so you can understand it deal all right bow your heads